DW Africa Link The winners of the Africa Cup of Nations will emerge on Sunday. Nigeria and Ivory Coast will play the final match in Africa's biggest football tournament at the Alassane Ouattara Stadium in Abidjan. But after the final whistle blows, what happens to this newly revamped stadium or the other expensive Afcon infrastructure paid for with broad funds? Welcome to the Store of the Week on DW Africa Link. I am your host, Isaac Mugabe, but first, Okiri Mushinado will bring us the latest news from around the world. DW News Hello, I am Okiri Mushinado. The main website of Guinea's international airport, Ahmad Sekou Toure, in Conakry has been hijacked by an unknown group of people. The hijackers are calling for free access to the internet and freedom of speech in the country. For more on the story, DW correspondent Karim Kamara reports. The attack on the website took place early on Thursday morning, and all efforts by the airport authorities to regain control over the website have been fruitile. On the hijacked website, the attackers wrote, free internet. But authorities at the airport are tight-lipped over the issue, but workers have confirmed the attack on the website. The Guinean authorities restricted internet access to the public over two months ago, and freedom of speech in Guinea has been a taboo. This is the first time such an attack on the website of the airport has taken place. The hijacking has made it difficult for the airport to operate and for planes to land safely. The attackers have promised to attack all government institutions in the country. South African double Olympic champion Kasta Semenya has appealed for help to fund her legal battle against regulations that require female athletes with high testosterone levels to take medication. World Athletics, formerly known as the IAAF, barred Semenya from competing in 800 meters events after she refused to take drugs to reduce her testosterone levels. She won a legal battle last year when the European Court of Human Rights ruled that she was a victim of discrimination. But the Swiss authorities, supported by World Athletics, have appealed and the hearing is due to start in May. Pakistan is yet to disclose the final results from the country's general election. This is more than 24 hours after polls closed across the country. Nawaz Sharif's military-backed Pakistan Muslim League party had been the favourites to win, but it just passed the halfway stage in the count. Its independent candidates, loyal to former Prime Minister Imran Khan, have taken the lead. You are listening to Africa Link News on Germany's international broadcaster, DW. Polish politicians called on the EU Commissioner for Agriculture to quit on Friday as farmers blocked roads across his home country, Poland, and at border crossings with Ukraine, kicking off a month-long general strike to protest against EU policies. Farmers in France, Belgium, Portugal, Greece, Spain and Germany have also been protesting against constraints placed on them by EU measures to tackle climate change as well as rising costs and what they say is unfair competition from abroad. And finally, Russian President Vladimir Putin said Russia will fight for its interests to the end, but has no interest in expanding its war in Ukraine to other countries such as Poland and Latvia. Putin made the comments in a more than two-hour interview with conservative talk show host Tucker Carlson that was conducted in Moscow. The Russian president further said that the West should stop supplying Ukraine with weapons if they wanted an end to the ongoing conflict. If you really want to stop fighting, you need to stop supplying weapons. It will be over within a few weeks. That's it. And then we can agree on some terms before you do that. 
That's the latest news here on Africa Link. I am Okering Gushinado. Thanks, Okering Gushinado, for telling us what is happening around the world. And if you're just joining us, you are listening to the story of the week here on DW Africa Link, and I am your host, Isaac Mugabe. With only two more games to be played before the Africa Cup of Nations AFCON gives us the champions of African football, that is the third place between South Africa and the Democratic Republic of Congo, and the final between hosts Ivory Coast and Nigeria, many football enthusiasts and observers are wondering what will happen to the new stadiums. For starters, the Ivorian government forked out 1.5 billion US dollars to construct four new stadiums and renovated two existing ones in host cities. Airports, roads, hospitals and hotels have also had significant upgrades in Abidjan, Buake, Korogo, San Pedro and Yamasukro. But before we delve into what happens to the stadiums after the final whistle at AFCON, let's remind ourselves how Ivory Coast reached this far. The Ivorian Elephants, as they are known, have had a fairy tale run. It would be fair to say that the team should even be in the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations final. Two weeks after shock, 4-0 loss to Equatorial Guinea that seemed all but spelled the end of their tournament, the Elephants are in their first AFCON final in nearly a decade. Having sacked their head coach during the group stages, the host nation is now only one step away from winning the tournament. The hangover is still lingering since they saw off Congo's leopards on Wednesday evening. Eram Atipo has more. Ivorian fans lined up the streets to celebrate their sport in the Africa Cup of Nations final after they beat DR Congo 1-0. Sebastian Hala fired the host nation into the final when his volley from Max Gradel's crossbound before going in under the crossbar in the 65th minute, setting off wild celebrations in the 60,000 capacity Alassane Ouattara Stadium. The hosts, who were a whisker away from being eliminated in the group stage, are now one step from being crowned the kings of the continent for a third time after producing one of their most assured displays of the tournament. And the fans are still ecstatic and full of praise for their team. They thought we were dead. But when you die and are resurrected, you become even stronger. So the Africa Cup of Nations will be staying in Ivory Coast. The AFCON is ours. The AFCON is for Ivorians. I knew my country was a fighter and it is still fighting. When they said the elephant had lied down, the elephant was never lying down. In the forest, we know who the elephant is. As for orange, white and green of Ivory Coast, you must respect our colors. Ivory Coast coach MS Fai described his team's achievements in winning through to the final of the Africa Cup of Nations as being like a dream after the tournament host beat the Democratic Republic of Congo 1-0 in Wednesday's last four encounter. Very content, very touched. It's like a dream. 
In fact, when you go back two weeks and the defeat here against Equatorial Guinea, we were far from imagining that two weeks later we would qualify for our final, because it's our Africa Cup of Nations. In any case, I'm very, very happy. It's a match we controlled a little more than the two previous ones, even if at times it was a little more complicated. But overall, I think we deserve to win. MS Fai, a former professional footballer who was born in France, played for the national teams for France at the youth level and Ivory Coast national team at the senior international level. He took charge as the interim coach for Ivory Coast after coach Jean-Louis Gazette was fired earlier this year. Coach Fai emphasized the collective efforts of the team and was happy that all his plans worked out. In my speech, I made it clear to them that I was counting on everyone and that if we wanted to win this competition, we would do it with 27 players and not just 11. So they understood and bought into it. We were lucky enough to make changes each time and they paid off. For me, a substitute who is in the right frame of mind from the moment he comes on will contribute something. Sebastian Halla scored the only goal of the game in the 65th minute at the Abimpe Olympic Stadium to take Ivory Coast through to Sunday's final against Nigeria. Teammate and midfielder Frank Kessier, who has been instrumental in the team's pursuits, had this to say after their victory. We have to carry on like this because you can't go all the way to the end and give up. We still have a big match to play on Sunday, so we have to stay focused. We need to roll up our sleeves and really recover before facing a very good Nigerian team on Sunday. It is a remarkable turnaround for the Elephants, who were on the brink of elimination after losing 4-0 to Equatorial Guinea at the same stadium in the final group match on January 22, as Kessier further explains. Today we are happy, not because we have qualified for the final, but it was at this stadium that we lost 4-0 and it was here today that we came to play the semi-finals. So we have been talking for two days, so we had to show another face. Host nations have often struggled to turn home advantage into success with only 11 of the previous 33 Afghans won by the home side. Ivory Coast, twice champions by flops when they previously hosted the tournament 40 years ago. Can they take the home advantage and clinch the title this Sunday? We will be here to report about it. Thanks, Aram, for that wonderful report. And if you're just joining us, this is DW Africa Link's Story of the Week with me, your host, Isaac Mugabe. The Confederation of Africa Football that awards the AFCON tournament to countries often favored North African countries over countries in sub-Sun Africa, mainly because they had the necessary infrastructure in place to host the tournament. Countries must have good stadiums before they bid to host AFCON. However, the state of stadiums in countries that previously hosted a tournament like Cameroon and Ghana is deplorable. To find out why, we invited an analyst to talk about what is supposed to happen to the new stadiums Ivory Coast built and how they'll be maintained. But before we introduce our guest, let's first hear what football enthusiasts attending the AFCON have to say. The biggest conundrum that organizers of tournaments of this magnitude usually face is how do we put this 
infrastructures into full use, optimal use. And that's the big problem because first of all, before some of these tournaments are actually played, the appetite for such an infrastructure is not there. So how do you create the appetite whereby people can see the facility and probably use the, um, the, the tournament as a jumpstart to get people to use the facility? That is the biggest conundrum. Most countries will tell you that they run at a deficit when it comes to infrastructure and application after tournaments. That's the truth. It's the dark side of hosting tournaments because you put in so much to try to make everyone comfortable and ultimately you are being left hanging because you have more infrastructure than you have people to use them. Yeah, for me, I think it's particular to African football. When you look at the infrastructures uh, put in place before a major tournament like AFCON, after the tournament, some of them go into oblivion in the sense that the maintenance culture is not there. For instance, take a look at uh, Cameroon host, uh, who of course hosted the last AFCON, check some stadia that were built to that for that particular purpose. Some of them are not in top shape at the moment. And uh, also you look at, take your mind back to, of course, South Africa, uh, fast forward to some of their stadia also. It's not same as, uh, as it was built. I think it's a general problem in Africa. And I also think that for club side, and it has to be uh, usage of the stadia and also the ministry in different countries in Africa need to engage more in terms of uh, uh, maintenance uh, facility, maintenance uh, guys, of course, that would assure that, you know, this pitch and, you know, the ambience and the stadium generally are kept up to shape uh, because we can't have an opportunity to have more than four stadia in a country and then after the tournament, everyone go to sleep, except maybe the major stadia in that particular country. Take, for instance, now Cote d'Ivoire. You know, they have currently different stadia in different parts of, uh, you know, Aricos, from Cohogo to San Pedro to Boaké to Abidjan, which, of course, has two stadia. I think after this tournament, it would be nice to have, you know, countries, or rather club sites in, in Cote d'Ivoire, you know, make use of this facility. And maybe, in turn, they have to, you know, get out monies, to of course help the government because of course they are using the stadia uh, to play their matches. I think this will go a very long way towards you know maintaining our stadia in Africa and across uh, the world. In Africa, it's becoming like a culture. Our authorities spending much to organize such tournaments, and uh, just as the tournaments are over, the somehow seem to have forgotten to maintain them and all those monies that went into building them fizzle out it's it's to me very 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 likely but yes uh it's not one country or two countries when the fanfare and the happiness and uh, all those welcoming things are gone and the stadiums are there instead of them to focus on maintaining them they, they don't I don't know why. I only suggest that they, they, they keep an eye on those things from henceforth. I think uh, it's about the willingness of the government to ensure that uh, they keep these facilities well maintained. It's an issue in Africa, mostly because most of these stadiums that are built are not properly put to use after a particular tournament. Look at all the stadiums that are in South Africa. How many of them are properly managed? In, in Ivory Coast, uh, I think uh, they should think of ways, you know, to keep these facilities busy. So they ensure that they sign a partnership, they sign an agreement 
uh, with the company that built the stadium and they keep maintaining. They, I think they signed a 10 year agreement when the stadium was built and it has been renewed. So I think that's the way forward. Government has to ensure that these facilities should not be wasted. Engage the local clubs, let them keep using it. If you can, I would say lease out the stadiums to you know companies, multi corporations that are willing to invest in sport. Give them a five year deal, 10 year deal, 20 year deal. Let them be in charge of that company and government get something from it. I think that's the way forward for Kuruva and other African countries you know, on how to maintain stadium because it's very difficult and it's very expensive for government. It's now time to introduce our guest, Lola De Adewi, a writer and journalist who has covered four World Cups, a Confederation Cup and two Afghans. For over two decades, Lola D has reported extensively on African football and the intersection of sports, development, culture and entertainment. Lola Day, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Isaac. To set the ball rolling, how would you briefly describe the Afghan tournament in Ivory Coast and how it, it was organized since it is coming to an end? The Afghan has been great. It's uh, delivered a spectacle on the pitch. It's one of the most exciting Afghans I have seen. The, the unexpected happened several times. We saw the rise of several small teams, you know, they came through to, to show that football has really improved in Africa. And this was matched by great organization by the Ivorian uh, people and, and uh, as the host nation. We saw six uh, stadiums very well put together. The only blight uh, in, in terms of play was the pitch of the Alassane Ouattara Stadium, which is the new 60,000-seater uh, stadium because the pitch got flooded in... Uh, September last year, so uh, they relayed it, but you know, I don't think it, it, it grew enough for the before the tournament started. So uh, that's the only blight. But uh, in, I mean, the other pitches were great, and and the tournament has delivered a great spectacle for mm. African football. The refereeing has been top notch. It's been praised by several publications and journalists ac- from across the world for. It's, you know, no, mm. there are no, hardly any controversies for, for okay. refereeing. And so the tournament is it's memorably superb. Wow, wow, that's quite unusual. And you just talked about the state of that pitch that was con- constructed, the Alassane Ouattara. Now, let us actually dive into that issue of infrastructure. A lot of funds were spent on building stadiums. However, the question is, uh, can the Ivory Coast leverage and maximize on the new stadiums once the fanfare is gone? Yes, I think Ivory Coast has um, an opportunity to develop its sports uh, industry with uh, this new infrastructure. But it's increasingly difficult to see how African countries can maintain several stadiums at once because the tournament has gone into 24 teams previously it was 16 so you had to deliver uh, four stadiums but now it's uh, 24 teams so you have to deliver six and it's uh, more difficult to to keep these stadiums alive after the tournament is over we look at ghana neighboring ghana exactly to deliver four in 2008 and one of them has gone completely out of use now the stadium in esipong in secondi it is completely gone bad 
you know, and Ghana needs at least $3 million to even bring it up to shape, you know. Oh, so, that's a huge amount. Um, Ivory Coast, yeah, Ivory Coast will have to, they have to div- uh, have a management system for, the, for each of the stadiums, but also they need to develop beyond sport, have, an, uh, co- have cultural activities that can bring in uh, activities into these, these stadiums. But because also the stadiums are across the country and in smaller towns, also, it means that in stadiums in the smaller towns could suffer neglect. But also, you have two stadiums in the capital city, Abidjan, which is also going to be a, a problem because how do you maintain two national stadiums in one city? The turf has to be protected if we are to bring mm-hmm. in more activities, isn't it? Sure, the turf has to be protected. So they need to really think well and uh, so that they can keep this stadium legacy going for several years. But it also costs a lot of money to maintain this. Uh, the idea is hopefully they put it on a private partnership program mm. so that uh, it's managed privately and then it can raise funds from, from hosting events, which can be tough. But on the whole, it is a good development because they've also built training grounds then uh, young people can find places to play, but managing stadiums is a hectic thing and they need to have a proper plan in place. Now, Lola, De, I think your most recent piece about this matter, what happens to the stadiums after such a big tournament, you spoke to various analysts, uh, sports analysts and uh, entrepreneurs. What did they tell you? One of the most important things is to have a legacy, you know, have a legacy plan. What do we want this stadium to stand for? The other thing is, how do we find uh, managers to ensure that this stadium is put to good use? And then, how does this stadium continue to generate revenue to run for itself? Otherwise, it will just be a white elephant project, like we've seen in in Secondin, Ghana, and Mm. it will continue to uh, waste taxpayers' money. As a country, you don't want that legacy to be lost. You want the stadium to be there for generations to play and to, to breed talents from your country. And also, but for Ivory Coast, one thing I, I noticed is their biggest club, which is uh, Asset Mimosa, they play in Abidjan at the 33,000 seater stad Felix but they don't even feel that on a good day when they play their Champions League matches. But no. So how mm. do you then turn these new 20,000, 60,000 stadiums into good use into for the good domestic use. league. Is it about you know, the pricing, so the, the price, or the ticketing? or Because it's something also we talked about at AFCON. I mean, the stadiums are there, but they're empty. Where's the problem? And uh, it's clear that after the tournament, they'll be emptier than they were during the tournament. I think African, um, especially many countries, are getting to compete with international football. So when their local teams play, they are competing with the audience that is gotten on TV. So you have people staying at home to watch the Premier League and other leagues and Bundesliga instead of going out to the stadium to support their local team. So this is mm, happening across many cities, many countries in, in Africa, especially in West Africa. And so you have this competition between international TV and going to the, to the, to the stadiums. But now that Ivory Coast have this new stadiums, it now local clubs need to find a way to engage local fans 
to bring them into the experience. And if Ivy Coast do win the, the AFCOM, perhaps it will ginger more people to go mm. back to the stadiums to watch life. So in other words, the, the youngsters nowadays dream of playing for bigger teams like Arsenal, Manu, rather than Asekmi Mosav of Ivory Coast or Enyimba of Nigeria, which actually would, would fill up the stadium. I think that's what you want to mean, isn't it? Yes. I mean, we want, we hope, that more teams are able to gain local trust in mm. their fans, in the people, to go to the stadiums. Now that the stadiums are new and shiny, perhaps more people will go out and watch mm. local football because that would be the win for Ivorian football. If more people can go out to the stadiums to watch the local teams after the AFCON so that the stadiums continue to be used to be properly, used. continue yeah. to be utilized, continue to be at least uh, filled up so that these uh, stadiums do not just become a, a poster child for waste. Yeah, exactly. I get, yeah. I, I get your point and, and it brings me to the question of how football has developed over the years. I mean, your take. I think African football, from what we've seen at the AFCON, has grown. We see a team like South Africa, composed of uh, players from the local league, from teams like Sundowns, mm. reaching the semi-final of the AFCON. I think it was a really great advertisement for African football that, hey, we can have great domestic leagues and still have great players that can take us far in tournaments so that we are not only just focusing on players going to Europe to be developed, to be able to win the AFCON. So, because we saw it happen with, uh, with Egypt from 2006, 2008, and 2010, when they won three championships with a core of players of Alakli and Zamalek, that the domestic league is good for, co- for building cohesion among players. So I, I, this is one of my standout points from the AFCON this year for African football, that if you grow local players, you can be rewarded with podium finishes at the AFCON. You know? So this is something I take out and take away from this tournament. Now, Lola De, very briefly on this one, we can't end this conversation without uh, talking about the final game is on Sunday between Nigeria's Super Eagles and Ivory Coast, the hosts. Uh, this is a big deal for Ivory Coast, like just you mentioned, isn't it? And of course, you come from Nigeria. I know the sentiments, you know, <laughs> that you have for the Super Eagles. <laughs> Please take it away from me. <laughs> wow, what a final. I think this is the best final we get. Having the hoofs who've survived through the odds mm. against all odds to reach the final and then facing uh, the Super Eagles that beat them in the group stage. It just has so many layers of intrigue. They are both West African teams. They are separated by three countries, Benin, Togo, and Ghana. They are not so close in terms of culture, but there's a huge Nigerian community that lives in Abidjan. And so these countries are, in a way, joined together over history. There's a town in Nigeria called Ejibo in mm. Oshun State. People from there live in Abidjan. So it's Abidjan is their second home. Oh, so you okay. can find buses from Ejibo straight to Abidjan 
every day, like three or four buses leave from Ejibo back and forth between Abidjan and Ejibo, over a thousand kilometers every day. Those cities are tied, I mean, are like connected in the umbilical, by the umbilical cords. So it is also a tool of the, I mean, Nigeria is, is English speaking, Ivory Coast is French speaking. Mm. They compete in terms of political relevance in the ECOWAS. Uh, Ivory Coast represents the Francophone. Nigeria represents the Anglophone. Nigeria has won three AFCON titles. Ivory Coast has won two. But every time Nigeria has won the AFCON title, they have defeated Ivory Coast on the way to the title. They, when they won it in uh, 94, <laughs> they beat Ivory Coast as defending champions in the semifinals. Okay. When they won it in 2013, their last victory, they beat Ivory Coast in the quarterfinals. They've already beaten Ivory Coast in the group stage. So you want to say, yeah. Lola, they want to say that history is going to repeat itself. <laughs> so, I swear just, you're going. You know, just before we started, uh, I just read a quote by Ivory Coast striker Sebastian Haller. He said, we have revenge to take against Nigeria mm-hmm. for, the, for the loss in the group stage. So this game is said to be a blockbuster mm. final. And I think it's going to be a celebration of African football. There's a lot of history riding behind it. Yeah. And don't forget, mm. there's a connection between Nigeria's striker, Victor Sime, and his childhood idol, Didier Drogba, who was the captain of Ivory Coast and is a hero of mm. the Ivorian people. So I'm, I know mm. Didier Drogba is going to be conflicted, supporting uh, Victor Sime for the title. And supporting his country. And supporting his people, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a really good advertisement for African football. Yeah, well said, well said. I couldn't have got a better person to talk about this particular topic and football. Lola de Adewi, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you for being part of Story of the Week. Thank you very much. And you've been listening to the Story of the Week on DW Africa Link. Many thanks to everyone who contributed to the making of this edition, Aram Atipo and our producer, Benita van Eisen. I'm Isaac Mugabe, your host, wishing you a splendid weekend. mind.